Jasmine Morris here from the StoryCorps podcast. Our latest season is called My Way. Stories of people who found a rhythm all their own and marched to it throughout their lives. Consequences and other people's opinions be damned. You won't believe the courage and audacity in these stories. Hear them on the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. Today on the State of Ukraine, is the Ukrainian counteroffensive on hold? I'm Greg Dixon. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says the expected spring effort to push back the Russians will wait until more Western weapons arrive. He spoke to the network of the European Broadcasting Union through an interpreter. We can advance with what we've got, and I think we can be successful. But we will lose a lot of people. I think that is unacceptable. We need to wait. We need a bit more time. NPR's Leila Fadl spoke to Ben Hodges, the former commanding general of the U.S. Army in Europe, about this development. So what do you make of this delay? Does it hurt the chances of this counterattack being successful? Uh, Actually, I I would not characterize it as a delay. Mm. Um, I I think the the idea that this was a spring offensive is something that was created by us, you know, the bubble outside of the actual Ukrainian general staff. I don't believe they ever put a specific date uh, or season on it. Uh, There's three conditions that they'll uh, have to meet before they tell President Zelensky they're ready to go. Number one, are their own forces strong enough ready enough, trained enough to be, to be successful. Uh, the second condition is, are Russian forces degraded enough, disrupted enough uh, for the Ukrainian attack to be successful? And then the third condition, I think, is tied to the ground. Is it dry enough to enable or support the movement of hundreds of armored vehicles? Those are the three conditions that I think they'll they'll want to meet before they tell the president they're ready to go. You know, there have been, as you mentioned, a lot of expectations around this planned offensive from allies who are funneling a lot of weaponry, uh, costly weaponry into the country. And Ukrainian officials were tempering those expectations. Um, they said to the Washington, the Ukrainian, Ukraine's defense minister said to the Washington Post, most people are waiting for something huge and they may be disappointed. What do you expect from this offensive? What needs to happen? Yeah, well, I, I think, uh, first of all, the Ukrainian general staff has impressed me with how uh, skilled and disciplined they are. They they do a great job of protecting information. We know more about the Russians than we do about the Ukrainian forces, as it should be. I should not know, as an old retired guy, what their plans are. Um, I actually expect, however, that they will be quite successful. Um, they've been training hard. Um, the West has provided a lot of, a, of very good equipment. But also the Ukrainians have uh, worked hard to build up several armored brigades uh, that will be used to to penetrate these long, linear Russian defenses. That's why the fighting at Bakhmut was so important, because they were able to to keep their armored forces out of there and still allow the Russians to bleed themselves there. Uh, That sort of sacrifice is necessary to ensure a very successful attack when it does start. Well, it sounds like you think a delay is a delay. If it's needed for a more successful operation, then it's needed. But if this counterattack, when it does happen, doesn't end in significant gains with Ukrainians getting back a lot of territory, do the Ukrainians risk losing some of the Western support vis-a-vis weapons and training as Europe and the U.S. assess how much they can continue to give? Well, this is an important point, and I think uh, there there will be some concern about that. I was I was happy to hear that the president yesterday or the day before said, you know, American support is not tied to whether or not this 
uh, offensive is going to achieve some sort of great success. I mean, that would give give light to the reasons that we're doing this to begin with. This is about helping uh, uh, stop Russia from its uh, aggression, holding them accountable for the terrible war crimes, uh, the violations of sovereignty, uh, violations of international law. So if we if we're serious about those reasons for doing this, and also of course the Chinese are watching to see if we're really serious about this then I don't think our support is tied directly to whether or not the attack is a smashing success. Ben Hodges is a retired U.S. Army Lieutenant General. He joined us via Skype. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for the privilege. Thanks for listening to The State of Ukraine from NPR News. Please come back for more on the war and its impacts around the world. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR. There are a lot of issues on voters' minds right now. Six big ones could help decide the election. Guns, reproductive rights, immigration, the economy, health care, and the wars overseas. On the Consider This podcast from NPR, we will unpack the debates on these issues and what's at stake. You can listen to NPR's Consider This wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR.